0: The Church Media Podcast, episode number 55, Branding Your Church with Cody Bridenball. Let's do it. Hey there. Welcome to The Church
1: Media Podcast.
2: The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build
1: solid media productions in your church. We're bringing you knowledge and insight from top media professionals from around the world. Useful, practical content in the areas of live production, design, leadership, digital communications.
0: Show notes
2: for this episode and all archive episodes of the show available online now at 1230media.com slash
1: podcast. And now, broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, church media coach, Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, thanks for
0: listening this week. Welcome to the Church Media Podcast. I'm Carl Barnhill. This week's topic is really cool. We're going to be talking about branding your church. Cody Brydenball is a member of New Springs Creative Team. He was one of the leads on the team that rebranded the entire church. He helped lead the creative and execution of the church's new logo, marketing, rollout, and more. Now, I travel about once or twice a month to visit other churches and to coach and train media production teams, and other teams around the country. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. A lot of churches think their logo alone is their brand. And even their logo is extremely outdated and not very practical. So I can't wait for you to hear how Cody and his team tackled the rebranding of New Spring Church. Some really practical insight for you and your church in this episode. The interview with Cody is coming up right after this week's Church Media Resource of the Week. And now, your Church Media Resource
1: of the Week.
2: Software, websites, gadgets, and tools that will resource your creativity and your ministry.
3: Well, hey there. This is Brady Shearer from ProChurchTools.com with your Church Media Resource of the Week. And today, I want to share with you a very cool application, both for your mobile device and desktop. It's called Coolers. Think about the word colors, but instead of the word colors, it has two O's in that first O. So C-O-O-L-O-R-S. And it's a super fast color scheme generator. So we've recently been building a new website over at ProChurchTools.com. We did an entire overhaul of our brand. And so what we did was I actually downloaded this application, this app for my phone, and it allowed me to just kind of continually generate new color schemes, color schemes based on our single base color so we had chosen one color we were like this is the color we want to use for our new brand but what kind of colors go with this so we put in that first color we locked it in and then we just kept hitting generate 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 and we kept getting new color schemes being generated for us by this coolers app until we found one that we knew was right for us and so If you're developing a new sermon series graphic, maybe you've got a new ministry you need some designs for. Maybe you're rebranding your church just like we did with ProChurchTools.com. Whatever it is, Coolers is a great app to do that. You can find it at Coolers.co. No, Coolers.co. Com, coolers.co, coolers.co. You can also find it on your app store. Just type in Coolers. Remember that C O O L O R S. This is Brady Shearer from ProChurchTools.com signing off. Hope you enjoyed this edition of Church Media Resource of the Week.
1: For more free resources for your team, visit 1230Media.com/training. To sponsor an episode of the Church Media Podcast, visit 1230media.com slash advertise. And now, back to your host, Carl Barnhill. I'm honored to welcome by phone Cody Brendenbaugh. Cody is a member of the creative
0: team at New Spring Church and is in large part responsible for the rebrand of the church, including the church's new logo, marketing strategy, redesign, and more. I'm excited to talk to him today. Cody, welcome in. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, buddy.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Now, I don't know that much about you. Uh, Tell me about yourself a little bit, and how'd you get into graphic design and the creative world?
2: Yeah, so I actually grew up in a real small town in Pennsylvania. Um, You know, grew up on an apple orchard playing sports. Um, Definitely didn't have kind of, you know, a typical background as far as, you know, being involved with computers or anything like that. Um, You know, I, I drew some in high school and did a little bit of painting and stuff. But for me, I just always enjoyed problem-solving creatively. So, you know, I wasn't sure whether am I going to go into engineering um, and, and kind of ended up actually in graphic design. Um, right after high school, I'd had a – well, during my senior year, I had a recruiting visit for baseball at a college and actually had a coach recommend graphic design to me. So that's kind of what led me into it initially.
0: Cool. cool. Now, um, you work for New Spring. Tell me what your job looks like day in, day out. What's the uh, – how would you get there and – what was your path to New Spring and what do you get to do?
2: Yeah, so um as far as you know my path to here and kind of how I got here, um you know, I was I was in college, went to Indiana Wesleyan um and majored in graphic design there. And I actually had my freshman year, I had a professor um reference Joshua Blankenship and some of his work. And so at that point, Joshua was actually um working in Boston, I think at a creative agency, but I had bookmarked his site and just kind of kept up with it. And then, you know, I had kind of gone through college and, you know, stumbled back across his site, and that's actually kind of what led me, um, it kind of opened the door for me to NewSpring, was I read an article that he wrote um, just about the difference in nonprofit design and the way that you can use your skills, and that's kind of what ultimately led me to the church website, and, you know, I checked out some sermons at that point, um, some different messages. We were in an Overwhelm series, um, and, you know, started praying about whether or not I wanted to apply and, and move here from Indiana.
0: So uh so we should tell tell listeners and and our listeners know that I worked for the church and I was uh involved uh with one campus while the church was uh in the process of rebranding and you were a big part of that. So I'd love to talk to you about the process uh, of branding a church and rebranding of of New Spring. Um tell me about the the path of New Springs rebrand it was a couple of years ago what led to it and what was your involvement in that process
2: Yeah Um you know so as as far as kind of what led to it is I mean we had a great um brand in the past I would say from from a visual standpoint you know everything that we did was was consistent it was excellent um but I think the thing that we wanted to look at was how do we attach vision to that, right? How do we make sure that all of our visuals reflect vision, reflect the vision of our church, um, and, and, you know, because we really believe that that's a tool that can help us reach people. Um, And so kind of what the process looked like is we had actually started working through rebranding Fuse, which is our student ministry here at the church, and had kind of been working for maybe three or four months on that um, and, and, and had, you know, a conversation about, redoing all that, and that just kind of opened the door to have a conversation of, hey, should we look at our church as a whole and have a bigger conversation of of kind of rebranding the church and making sure that, that the visuals that we have um, reflect our vision and that we're, we're doing things as consistent as possible. Um, and so that's kind of what opened the door to the conversation initially. Um, and then process-wise, like I said, everything you know, for us, and I think any great branding project, it really starts with vision. Um, you know, it can't I think it becomes really, really easy uh, to want to dive into the visuals first and to get excited about, you know, what are the colors behind this? Um, What's what's the fonts? What's the website? What what does this actually look like? But I think the best brands, you know, they're driven by vision first. Um, And so for us, the first thing we did was start to take a look at what are those brands out there that are successful, that have lasted the test of time? Why have they stood the test of time? Um, You know, so we started to look at at Starbucks and do some research into what they're doing. Um,
0: what did you guys find at as y'all as y'all researched these brands like like uh, Starbucks and and Target and, and and Nike and others? What did you find in your research?
2: Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing was you know there was a certain sense of confidence behind it because they were willing to stick with things. So I mean, an interesting thing with with Nike, for example, uh, one of the things that was that was really interesting in researching it was. So when the Nike swoosh first came out, you know, and the logo was presented, you know, now you look at it, it's like, great logo, it's existed for a long time, really iconic, everyone, you know, kind of around the world knows it. Um, but, but in the initial pitch, you know, Phil Knight's response was, you yeah, know, I don't love it, but, you know, I think it'll grow on me. Um, and they, they've just stuck with this thing over time. And they've actually outlasted the trends. If you go back and look when the logo was built, there were a lot of logos very, very similar stylistically. Um, but because Nike's kind of stuck with it, they've been consistent. Um, you know, now it kind of exudes this this confidence, and it kind of feels like how could it be anything else? Um, you know, and so for us, again, it was the original with that mark. You know, back to the vision for it. Originally, they were looking at some different uh, track symbols. Uh, I think from from ancient Greece, I believe. But and and that's kind of what inspired it. And then with Starbucks specifically. They, they were probably one that really started the vision conversation for us of I had a chance to go to a conference probably two and a half years ago out in San Francisco, and it was actually a packaging design conference, and uh, you know one of the folks that I got to hear from there was a creative director at Starbucks who walked us through the new bags that they have in their store, and the bags were, you know to this day, if you go into a Starbucks store, the way the bags were designed is they have watermarks on them that help. The baristas tell a story and, and it's ultimately put there you know as kind of it's similar i don't know if you're familiar with hidden mickeys at disney world yeah. but mm-hmm. that's that same idea where you know there's there's little drips of vision that people can discover along the way and, and it gives talking points um so those were <laughs> were some of the big things that that we took away is how can we build something that that's a tool for people to be able to talk about it and you know reflects our church and re- reflects our vision
0: so, what did you guys land on at, at, at NewSpring? Uh, you got vision. We can talk about that in, in, in a second. But what did you guys land on as far as the mark, the logo, or the brand that that uh, was the starting point for story?
2: Mm-hmm. So, you know, from a vision standpoint, backing up to that, I would say you know, we had a meeting. We kind of went over. So we we gathered the research on this. You know, for us, that vision was you know the best is yet to come, and the idea of Ephesians 3.20 and just showing people, you know, the hope that exists. And so ultimately, you know, we follow Jesus because, you know, he was raised from the tomb. You know, he's not the only person to ever be crucified, but he is the only person who will rise three days later, and that's ultimately why we follow him. And so, you know, for us, we knew that that the logo and the branding, in some way, we wanted to bring that in. We wanted it to feel warm. We wanted it to feel encouraging. um, And we really wanted to reflect that sense of hope that can come from people following Jesus. Um, and so that's kind of the background as far as the vision that we took into, you know, we started to, to get into looking at the visuals and building a mark.
0: So, and I'll put this on the show notes page uh, for this episode, but uh, to show that the logo uh, of New Spring is an empty tomb, a lot of people don't, don't, uh, don't maybe not get that at first. So talk me through how you guys got there on how the visual became the empty tomb inside a letter N.
2: Yeah, um, you know, so from a process standpoint, what we did out of that meeting was come back and take a look again at, you know, what are some keywords. What what are we really focused in? So we knew, like we had gone through the notes, we landed on, you know, like I said, the best is yet to come. And then from that, we set a goal, um, myself and, and Dave, who was one of the other designers working on this, we set a goal of, just to kind of push ourselves and stretch ourselves, we wanted to make sure that we got through at least 200 logo sketches. And so the goal in that was really just to make sure that we explore things, that, you know, we didn't do two or three and, and you know, fall away from it. So, you know, for us, we knew from the beginning, you know, there's, there's several different options in that, you know, we could have done an icon or we could have done a word mark. Um, those were kind of the two that we were between, but we knew with an icon for us, usability was a big part of this. How does this work on social media? Um, how is it going to scale? You know, so much had evolved from when we had built the last brand, and so you know we knew we wanted an icon. And so in that process of doing those sketches, that's what we really chose to focus in on: was what does the icon look like? And so, and you know, we were probably through, honestly, 70 or 80 versions before we had even tried a lowercase n. You know, we were just playing around with. Um, you know, capital letters and some different shapes. We played around with the stream and and just some different icon options. But you know, then as we started working on lowercase and you know, initially, like he and I as we're talking, we we kind of saw this thing as a doorway. You know, we want to be open and welcoming, and that's what kind of started the conversation of. Well, it also kind of looks like the empty tomb. Um, you know, I wonder if we could actually draw around the dimensions of it. And so, you know, then. The, we just, again, jumped on Google, started doing some searches, pulled some stuff into to Illustrator to do some versions, and basically started drawing around the empty tomb to see, can we build something? Initially, we felt that it would probably look pretty weird. You know, the vision is cool to have it connected, but at the same time, if everybody looks at it and they're like, what's you know happening? But, you know, we were really surprised when we started to build around it. We were able to build something that, that looked um, solid.
0: So was there an aha moment of... Of hey, it looks like the empty tomb. Let's let's go with that. Tell me about that moment. Was that a a big aha, or was that more of a kind of a gradual? Well, maybe we should. This is just one a try, one attempt. We could, you know, play with this some. How did that go?
2: Yeah, no, there definitely was a big aha moment, and you know, there was a lot, a lot of excitement for us. Though we wanted to make sure we kept thinking through. Um, how does this thing work as a system, and how does it work? You know, again, we, we set out with the goal in the beginning of we don't want to do this th- redo this thing all over again in a few years, right? We want this to reflect the vision of our church um, and set us up for a lot of years to come. You know, and that's not to say, you know, brands evolve. You look at Nike and Target and, and Starbucks we were referencing earlier. You know, they do evolve, but I think what's consistent in those companies is the market itself. And if there has been an evolution, it's very minimal, and so we really, really wanted to make sure that the mark was right so that we're set up for the future, you know, to keep evolving it. But, you know, they're absolutely, you know, I think it was totally the Lord as far as from, you know, kind of the the shape that it took on and, and the idea. And there was a ton of excitement around it. And then we just kind of started pulling different staff people in and, and just kind of getting opinions from people, you know, as we were moving forward. Because before we sold out to that direction, we wanted to make sure that it connected with people and that. You know, they were excited about it and felt like it reflected our church. And so we weren't investing a ton of time and effort in a direction that just wasn't the right fit.
0: So a lot of people, when they think of brand, they think of logo uh, only. Yeah. Uh, tell me yeah. about the difference that you guys may have talked about in the difference between a brand and a logo.
2: Yeah. So ultimately, the thing that I would say, you know, just real quick to establish the difference is – a visual identity and a brand. So, you know, really in a lot of what we've been talking about so far, I, w- I would define as your visual identity. You know, it's, it's what's your logo, what's your colors, what's your type. Um, your brand, you know, visual identity is a part of your brand, but your brand is really what people say about it. It's the way it makes them feel. You know, so there's an emotion to you that, whether you like it or not, there's an emotion that, um, you know, is stirred up when you see someone walking with a white Starbucks cup. And there, there's something, whether it's a positive experience for you, a negative experience, the coffee tastes too burnt, I love it, it's my favorite thing. You know, I've got to get a $5 latte. Whatever it is, there's, there's an emotion. That's really the brand, you know, of, of Starbucks. And so from a visual identity system, that's where I think consistency, using something consistently um, and having it reflect vision, those are some things that you can do to help influence people's opinion of your brand um, but you can never 100% control what, you know, someone's going to say about your brand. And so I think that's what I would define the difference a visual identity system and, you know, the brand itself.
0: Now let's talk about your target audience. Why is it important um, to know your audience and who is that for NewSpring? And how did you know that you were hitting it when you uh, established the brand?
2: Yeah. So I think as far as overall for, for a target audience, um, you know, you, ha- you have to know who you're trying to reach. You have to know who are you building this for because, again, when you know your target audience and you can keep people in front of you, uh, I think it kind of inspires and helps you along the way. Um, it- it's also going to prevent you from making poor decisions. You know? So to be 100% honest, for me, um, where we've landed with our brand for New Spring is not my personal preference. It's not my personal preference in... Um, You know, if I was just to set out and design a logo for myself or if I was, you know, maybe to start my own company and and I was just solely operating off of what do I love, um, you know, it's not where I would have landed. That said, I think it's the perfect place to land for our church and for, you know, for who our target audience is. Um, And, you know, again, for us, like the reason the best is yet to come connected is because, you know, we're really trying to connect to you know, a single mother who's, you know, in her 30s and, and showing up at a campus and, you know, wondering, you know, can I drop my kids off at KidSpring? What am I going to experience today? You know, it's her first time. And she's just struggling through things, and we want to be able to encourage her. Um, but at the same time, we also know that, that we're going to have, a you know, a 16-year-old kid who, student who, you know, maybe drives himself to church or comes with some friends and comes in the door for the first time, and we also can't, you know, alienate him. And so for us, you know, building, we know very, we can single in on one target audience, but at the same time, we're we're a big church. And so we want to create something that's going to connect to everyone and gives us the flexibility. You know, back to earlier when we were talking about scalability and, and usability, how does this thing work? That's what we need out of the logo here is to make sure that it's going to fit well whenever we want to do a, a student event, you know, that we're going to attach this logo to you know, it, it needs to work well in that instance. But it also needs to work well, you know, we're going to do Easter Sunday here. So again, kind of looking at how does how does this thing scale? How does it fit? Um, what do you ultimately need the logo to do? And that's, I think, different for, for every organization, for every church, is what you need the thing to be able to accomplish for you.
0: I think along with that, a, a lot of uh, churches or companies, organizations seem to rush things, so seem to you know, create a logo, create a... Uh, some of them just think it's all about that, creating a logo and getting it out there and not taking the yeah. time to actually brand their church, their organization. So uh, talk to me about how much time you guys took in the process to create the the brand, to sketch it and play with it and use it in different mm-hmm. ways. Talk, talk to me about the, the time involved.
2: Yep. Um, you know, so from that initial vision meeting... Where we walked out of the room with a vision, um, we had right around a three-month time period where we worked through the brand itself, um, and the, you know the the goal in that was to be able to come back to the brand team and excuse me, you know, ultimately be able to pitch to them, um, you know, some different options. And so, along the way, over that three-month period, we probably had six or seven check-in meetings with the brand team, where we would update. Here's where we're out on sketches you know, what are people's thoughts, here's where we're at on, you know, some different pattern options, and and just kind of checking in along the way. Um, And then we also, you know, did uh, the formal pitch the first time to the brand team, got everyone's feedback, got everyone's buy-in, then had a chance to to present that to, you know, our executive leadership team. And then after that, we had about an eight-month period where we worked to make sure that we were actually prepared to roll this thing out. Um, You know, and so... You know, from an upfront standpoint, um, you know, three months on the front end, and then, like I said, it actually might have been six months, but between six and eight months is what we worked to actually roll this out to our church because we wanted to make sure that we didn't create confusion with it.
0: So from the moment of the first meeting where you were talking about your Fuse logo and, and uh, that morphed into maybe a full church rebrand, from that moment yeah. to official rollout... To the church was a year, almost a year, maybe something like that. Is that right?
2: A little, yep, a little bit less, but yes, close. I think the the initial fuse meeting was in October, and we actually rolled this out hmm. um, in August of the the following August is when we rolled this out. So yeah, so For about ten months or so.
0: So how did you pitch it to the leadership and to the congregation? Talk to me about both of those. The final pitch meetings. Hey, this is, this is it. We're, we're about to roll this out to the church. Talk to me about that time period.
2: Yeah. So as far as, you know, I'll first talk about the pitch as far as the leadership, because I think this part is critical from, you know, like I said, any rebrand project I've ever been a part of is, you know, you you put so much thought and effort into things and you want to make sure that you're clearly communicating the why behind the decisions you've made. Um, and so for us, and, and here's, real quick, a couple reasons why I think that's important. I think, one, it shows the people you're meeting with that you respect them, you respect their time, you value them, you took the vision they gave you seriously. Um, and that, that again, that you're not just trying to jump to visuals, that you're really trying to create something that's right for the, in this case, our church, you know, or the organization that you're working with. Um, and so that was kind of the the first thing is we wanted to make sure that when we did this pitch that, that it captured the heart behind it, that ultimately you know, we worked really hard to have visuals that reflected that vision of the best is yet to come, um, but we needed to make sure that was communicated. So we worked as a team. Um, you know, like I said, we had pulled lots of staff in just to say, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on this? How does it, it feel to you? And so there was you know, some excitement, some energy there, but we worked as a team to build uh, a video where we presented the idea of the empty tomb, um, and showcased all the different visuals that would be reflected. And so we we also worked um, to be able to mock up what does this thing look like in our environments? What does it look like, um, you know, on print pieces? Essential pieces that we knew these are really important. We had all that stuff mocked up for the pitch. Um, and so you know, again, you're not, you're not just looking at logo and colors at that point. I think our core brand team had seen that stuff along the way because they had seen the evolution. But when we got to the actual pitch, you know, we really wanted to go in and showcase this is the thought and the intentionality, um, and honestly, the way that it supports and lines up with the vision of the church and our goals. Um, you know, that's where we worked on that video and, and basically just went in, and it, it was maybe a 10-minute pitch or so, but just kind of talked through the vision and played the video that kind of recapped everything and, and gave a chance to have conversations and
0: Is there anything that happened in those conversations that were other than excitement, any concern that uh, you got in that, in that meeting?
2: No, I think there was, you know, overall a ton of excitement. And to to be honest, I think the biggest thing that I attribute that to is, is that, that brand core team. You know, I I know I've mentioned it a few times, but I've just been a part of, um, you know, several rebrand projects outside of the church. I'd worked for a small um, design shop in Indianapolis for a little while, and I think when you go into a meeting like that, you know there there's stakeholders involved anytime you 're going to build a brand it 's so much better to be in that pitch meeting knowing I have the backing of you know all of the different people that this affects because the reality is you know a brand kind of touches every part of your organization and your church and so if if I would have been walking into that room or we as a team are walking into that room with just the mentality of it's a win for us it would not have been a win but you know we felt really confident walking in there that there have been lots of eyes on this there's been lots of excitement around this there's been a lot of buy in from you know us as a church staff and we are excited about this and so we're walking in unified as we and not just walking in you know kind of a, as me this is this is an idea that came from our team and so it just i think it really really led to more excitement in the room because we realized you know that that kind of everyone was on board with this and excited about it.
0: That's good. What did the rollout to the entire church look like?
2: Yeah. So we have, we have an awesome Sunday. It's usually the first week in August that we do, you know, T-shirt giveaways here at the church. I Heart My Church shirts. We've been doing it for, I'm um, trying to think how many years now, but, you know, quite a while. And basically that Sunday is always, you know, we know we're going to have a lot of first-timers coming, um, who may be new to our church, but we also know that it's a great Sunday where we can, um, you know, our, our core in our church gets really excited. And so when when we had that first pitch meeting in, I believe that would have been in January or February, but where, you know, we got the brand approved, we started thinking about when do we roll this out. Um, but more importantly, you know, we wanted people to walk out of there knowing why we care. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Starbucks and Nike and these companies we referenced, they're investing millions of dollars in branding because they want to sell a product. Um, You know, for us, we're passionate about branding because we think it's a tool that can help us reach more people. Um, That that if we're clear in our communication um, and it's simple to understand, it can ultimately lead to more people finding out about our church and and, and coming through the doors. And so, you know, it's not about a product for us. It's about the people. And so that just gave a chance for him to to unpack the heart behind it, um, why we're excited about it, and then the other thing was, it gave an opportunity for the you know the shirts that day had the Empty Tomb logo on it. So at that point, you know, it's a conversation starter. It equipped our people with a tool where they could share, um, you know, about the Empty Tomb and why we're excited and what our church believes for people. Um, and you know, honestly, presenting the gospel of, you know, like I said, Ephesians 3:20, with the best yet to come. It just gave a tangible tool that that anyone who came to, came to a service that day walked away with a free T-shirt. Um, you know, and and knew the vision behind that shirt.
0: So uh, the main reason I I had you on is really to look at New Spring as kind of a model of how you do a church rebrand. So a lot of our our audience is either looking to do that, thinking about doing it and and that sort of thing. So talk to them for a second and say maybe a regret or uh, I guess look back and would you have done anything different in the process or would you say, yeah, this is the process. We would have done it right. It was a huge success. You know, total win, or would you change some things along the way?
2: Yeah. I think from a from a product standpoint, there is absolutely no regret. I think, you know, like I said, I think we did a great job of the process along the way. We included people. I felt like it was a huge win. Um, you know, the visuals, like I said, reflected the vision. I think it was win all around. I think... The, the thing that I would encourage anyone listening in this that I think we we maybe miscounted was how much time and investment it's going to take to do this in-house. And so, you know, for us, we're we're very blessed as a church to have an in-house creative team. Um, but, you know, that that time period was pretty much, you know, myself and one other guy full-time, you know, for three months in this rebrand, you know. So that's day in, day out, working through this. Um, and, and we actually brought someone in as a temporal to kind of help out, alleviate from that. But, you know, we we didn't stop having church, right? And so, you know, Sunday's coming. That was still our number one priority. Um, and, and, you know, so in that, I just would say that I think we maybe were a little bit too optimistic in the beginning of what this is actually going to look like for our team and how we're going to keep up with the workload um, by taking two people out of the day-to-day stuff and, and putting them on, on this full-time. And so, you know, that would be the one thing that I think we would look at at changing. But I think you can just, as you get into it, you know, estimate and be aware of the time commitment. And then I just would encourage you, you know, I don't think you need to double that, but you need to take that, you know, and get close to doubling it. Um, because it's, it's going to be more time than you think um, to invest in it and to do it the right way in-house. Um, but at the same time, I think we would still make the choice to do it in-house because, you know, you're closer to the vision – you're honestly more passionate about the vision than, you know, especially as a church, rather than going out to an agency um, who, you know, you may be working with someone who's a believer, or non-believer, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's it's pretty hard a lot of times to find someone in your church, passionate about your church, who's also running a great branding agency. Um, you know, and so I think we're very happy we did it in-house. Um, we just would have taken a look at kind of how it was going to affect the team.
0: Hmm, that's good. Well, man, thank you for your time. Any other parting thoughts on rebranding and, uh, you know, churches thinking about doing this?
2: Yeah, no, I think it's it's great. I'm excited, and I think, like I said, I would really, really recommend anyone that's that's thinking about it to to jump in and do it and just kind of think about planning up front and making sure that when you step into it, you're able to anticipate things coming. So, thank you so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, man, thanks for your time. How can we follow you? How can we keep up with you and, and the church?
2: Um, so, you can absolutely follow me. I just don't share much. But I'm on Twitter mm-hmm. at, at Cody Bridenbaugh. Um, and you can keep up with the church. It is just at New Spring on Twitter and at New Spring underscore church on Instagram cool. and at New Spring church on Facebook.
0: Excellent. And also the church's website is newspring.cc if you want more. And I'll also include tons of stuff in the show notes uh, for this, including the video that Cody talked about and other things. Cody, thank you so much for joining me today, man. Really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Carl. This week's podcast was sponsored by the following church media resource. To share your tool or ministry on the show, visit 1230media.com slash advertise.
2: More of the Church Media Podcast moments away.
1: This week, we want to let you know about an incredible free resource for your team, The New Spring Network from New Spring Church exists to resource and equip church leaders with resources, coaching, and leadership events. They provide free ministry resources like children's ministry curriculum, sermon series and graphics, and church campus tours. To get access to these free resources and learn more, check out newspringnetwork.com. The Church Media Podcast, essentials for executing your Sunday worship service. Here is Carl Barnhill.
0: That is it for us this week. I hope you enjoyed and got some good, useful information from Cody. For complete show notes, transcripts, free resources, and more, go to 1230media.com forward slash podcast and click on episode number 55. Next week on the show, I welcome Stephen Brewster. Stephen is the creative arts director at Cross Point Church in Nashville. He has spent the last 15 years in professional creative environments including church world, the music industry, marketing, management, creative team leading, and more. We had an incredible conversation about creativity in the church. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to share it with you. I want to thank my producer, David Michael Hyde. David is a contemporary composer and music producer for film and digital media. David is my hero, and you can find him at davidmichaelhyde.com. Thanks for listening this week. This is the definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid, thriving media production teams at your church. Go out there, guys, and create some incredible experiences this Sunday. I'll catch you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Church Media Podcast. Please take a minute today to rate and review the show in iTunes. catch you right here next week for another episode of the Church Media Podcast.